Life is messy, our minds are messy, success is blinking messy. Join me, Charlotte Hopkins, on the Gloriously Messy Me podcast, where I'm opening up hearts, minds and souls to navigate life's unique messiness. Exploring identity, culture, belonging and success, I, along with some phenomenal special guests, will be sharing my own experiences, as well as impactful theories and top tips on how I help people unleash their incredible potential to take courageous action and build a life that they love. Okay, let's get on to today's episode. Well, hello, huge, huge, huge warm welcome to the Gloriously Messy Me podcast, episode one, with me, Charlotte Hopkins, success coach, multiple business owner, wife of one, mum to two, failing yoga person, and attempting to get fit and healthy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm so excited for you to be here. I can't wait to share my experiences, my messy journey within my career, my life, my successes. It's all just one big glorious mess. And what I do know is I can't wait to show how I've created really courageous growth to what I feel build a life of just happiness and contentment. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Honestly, I cannot tell you how excited I am to even be sat here recording, but also to have you guys listening in as well. So I thought the first episode, we would just touch a little bit about what on earth is the concept of Gloriously Messy Me, and a little bit about how my life has been absolutely gloriously messy um, to bring me to the stage where I am in my life, where I have a multi um, six figure business and I'm creating impact and influence with the people that I work with. I have children who are on the most part sane. And like I say, occasionally have a social life that I'm happy with. So, you know, for me, I feel like I'm winning in life. Um, But it hasn't always been easy. And I think that's the the idea behind the Gloriously Messy Me um, podcast. It's about sharing the fact that life is a roller coaster. And at times we're going to completely and utterly feel like we're failing. Um, resilience is a word that's banned in my training rooms and that's because people often say oh I'm really resilient but resilience doesn't just happen resilience comes from the messiness that we have in life and that personal capital comes from the resilience that we've built through these messy activities or this messy episodes or these just messy chapters of of what we go through in our lives. And, you know, even at 43, I have had my fair share, but I'm prepared that I'm likely to have messiness moving forward. And that takes a really unique, but interesting mindset. And I wanted to share some of those things with you. So I've come from a background way back when in 1979, when I was born in South Wales. And I think my parents would tell you I came out with this much energy. And don't worry, guys, this will follow all the way through. Um, It's never really failing. Um, And I think I came out loud. And that really helped me go, you know, navigate the 80s as a child how many of you had parents that said gosh you've got a bell on every (laughs) tooth 
I know I was definitely told that multiple times. And I guess what that left me with was this idea that when you're loud and energetic, some people will love it. Other people will find you exhausting. And that whole phrase around being Marmite, I 100% buy into. I'm not for everybody. And you'll probably listen to the end of this podcast and go, yeah, I love that energy or that's, that's a whole bundle of energy. So I get that and I embrace that. However, what I would say is this confidence and this self-assuredness hasn't always been there. And I just thought I would take you through a little bit around the timeline of my messiness and how I get to sit here loud and very, very proud of who Charlotte Hopkins and who I am as I stand or sit here today. So I guess the real first time that I saw that I was probably not invincible was the year of my GCSE mocks and I'm going to take you right back to 1995 and I failed all of them I literally failed all of my GCSE mocks I think I had 17 percent in my biology 17 percent um so it really stressed me out I was stressed doing them and I had this overwhelming urge I remember I can still feel this overwhelming urge that I had to succeed or my life was over and thankfully I started a part-time job um working within um a beef eater so those of you who maybe don't know what a beef eater is it's just a restaurant and it was a local restaurant but it was a chain of restaurants and I realized that whilst I quote unquote am not academic Actually, I had a really great ability to, to work with people. So even from the age of 15, 16, I kind of knew that I was going to work with people. And as that developed, by the time I was 18, I'd started my career as a trainee manager. You'll be pleased to know that I didn't quite fail all of my GCSEs. I think I came out with nine. Um, but by the time I was 18, I was just embracing the opportunities that were available to me and part of those opportunities were because I was so riddled with wanting to people please that I was just working really hard because I wanted the praise from my manager or my other uh, my other colleagues my peers so at, even at the age of 18 when I feel that we kind of start to really understand identity in a little bit more of a teenage way then I really realized that there was some kind of power for me being me. I had this real personal power. So yes, I was driven and yes, I was ambitious, but actually I'm a really nice person too. So I was friendly and I was engaging and I had compassion. And it didn't take long before I won manager of the year. And I realized that that was just for being me. It allowed me to, the people I worked with allowed me to just harness that energy. Why? Because I worked really hard um, and I was trustworthy, but it was a real challenge. It was something that I, I really embraced. And then the carpet kind of got pulled from under me. And at 22, I started the best job in the world and I became a mum. But that fast turned into becoming a single mum. And 
this was really the beginning of me starting to understand my own personal capital. And I'm going to do a whole section and um, episode on personal capital because it's such an important part of what I do. Um, but essentially, personal capital is all of those things that make you unique. But also, it's all of those things that help you have this really unshakable confidence and, and real strong um, identity. So we can come 2003, I found myself as a single mum. I had to change careers. I could no longer stay within hospitality. And I did a bit of a, a 180 and I went to work within the space of trauma, mental ill health, and in particular within substance use and addictions. And oh my goodness, what a privilege it was. Um, I was there for four or five years. So the skills that I had within that time frame not only as a single mum but also then as somebody who was really finding herself I was 22 when I had my daughter and had always been really quite career focused so all of a sudden had all of this time that I didn't really know what to do with so I plowed myself back into what I knew a career um chose not to look at that kind of internal aspect of who I was although I did dabble with yoga just, just a teeny tiny bit. Uh, didn't stick with it, but I did dabble with it. Um, and around 2007, I became a mum for the second time to my mini me. Um, and we really this started the development of, again, a slight twisting career. And this is where I stepped back into what I knew I did really, really well. And I became um, a trainer and a coach and a mentor and really was able to develop these skills whilst I supported thousands, really, but hundreds of people in their personal growth and professional development. 2010 was a really big year and things were starting to look really good. I was really settled. I went back to formal education. So gaining my teaching teacher qualification, I got a promotion and I got married. It was such a busy year. Um, and everything was really, really great. And 2014, I had followed that teacher training and did my degree with the Open University, with young children, with, you know, a new marriage. And I got a first class degree. So for all of this time, I've been telling myself that I, quote unquote, wasn't academic. And I found myself with a first class degree. And I also won an award from my teacher training qualification for excellence in professional practice. So 2014 was a bit of a pivotal year. However, that came the ego. And I remember feeling really strong and powerful and that I was capable of anything. I could see the successes that I was having. I could see that the hard work was paying off. But there's two things came from this. And I'd love to know if anybody relates to this. So despite all of this incredible success, I found myself saying things like, oh, I was just a fluke that I got a first class degree. I knew what I needed to write. Or I'm just, I know I'm a good teacher, but it was because I made a bit of a complaint that they gave me that award. So I was making all of these excuses for my brilliance. So this was all my hard work. Yeah. I wasn't really allowing myself to take credit for that. And in 2015, I changed jobs and lost all sense of self-confidence. So within 12 months, I went from 
feeling really strong and powerful and, you know, really in my zone of genius to really losing and having this really shakeable identity. I didn't really know what I stood for. I was trying to fit my square shape into my new employer's round hole. And this was the year I really and utterly lost myself as a person. And 2016, I walked out of a job. And anybody that's done that will know that if you don't have somewhere to go, it is completely utterly terrifying. I was a mum to young children. I had um, a husband who I'm really fortunate. He was incredibly supportive. Um, I went into a job where I then didn't pass the probation period. So not only had I walked out of this really well-paid job with a company car, and um, I walked into this job that I never should have gone to. I can honestly say that this period of my time was probably one of the worst that I've ever experienced. I felt completely lost. And the only words I can just describe really are just really icky. I it wouldn't have appreciated how mentally unwell I was until a few years down the line. Um, in the meantime, I did take big, bold, courageous action. And along with my then business partner, we registered Kimby. Now, Kimby is my third child. <laughs> Kimby is my consultancy company. And we specialize in helping people develop um, training and learning that matters. So helping people develop and utilize all of that expertise they have to really grow and share their expertise with, with the world. But let me tell you, those first two years were really tough. We made very little money and I slipped deeper and deeper into a kind of depression. So I didn't have a clinical depression. There was no medication needed, but gosh, the low self-esteem, that poor self-worth, questioning my value as a mum, a wife and a human being. So logically, I would sit there and I know that I was amazing. So the logical part of my brain was still very much there. But my goodness, that monkey, that chimp brain, for anybody who's read The Chimp Paradox, um, that chimp part of my brain, that emotional, irrational part of my brain really, really struggled. It wasn't until COVID happened. So as the world shut down, everything exploded for me. Now, I don't want to take away the horrific time that people had during COVID. And I know lots and lots of people who've really struggled and lost loved ones. And it was a really tough time for me, though, it was um, a breath of fresh air, the ability to close down a little um, was absolutely what I needed. And I didn't know I needed it until I'd watched. Um, <laughs> I think it was like 10 seasons of 12 to 15 episodes of this program on Netflix called Zombie Nation. If you've seen it, you'll know why I would question I would watch that much TV. If you haven't seen it, do not waste your hours. However, that's what COVID did, right? It allowed us to watch loads of, of, of Netflix. And what happened was I got to that moment and thought, it's time to change. I can't numb myself anymore. And I realized I had been numbing myself from work with work. I realized I'd been numbing myself by keeping busy as a mum and as a wife. And I realized that I wasn't 
actually understanding who I was anymore. And ironically, this was the, the year that my business did hit six figures. So whilst the world closed down, actually, I was opening up. And I refound this lost mojo that I had. And I really rediscovered or started to rediscover how amazing I was and that kind of what that awesomeness of Charlotte is too. The light bulb moment was when I really understood that I'd been suffering from, you know, actually just self-criticism more than anything. I was over-exaggerating and it was bullshit. So by 2022, my business had started to stable, stabilize, and I still found myself saying things like, oh, it's just a fluke. It won't happen next year. We need to hold on to the money. And then four years on, we are in the position where we've gone in and we're choosing who and what we work with. And 2022, I really appreciated how stable my business was, how stable I had become. So I completely started to push myself out of my comfort zone. I started a second business called Change the Balance um, with my business bestie, Sabrina Shady. Um, and together we help people understand how they can be a better ally and create more inclusive spaces. I enrolled in my PhD. So there's a young little girl at 16 who said, I'm not academic. I can't do A-levels. Not only had had a first class degree, but had completed her level seven um master's qualification, multiple teacher training and assessor qualifications, I had now just been accepted with a scholarship for a PhD. So what was I going to do it on? Well, of course, I was going to look at the impact of lived experience. With all of my experience as a mentor, I really, really value the power and the influence and the impact that, that we can have when we share our lived experience. But actually, I wanted to really be able to validate that and say, this is how um, the impact of lived experience is really, really valuable. So at that point, I started to really appreciate how much grateful gratitude I had. <laughs> I had incredible children. I have incredible children, amazing parents, amazing family, friends, and a husband who's just been, you know, his support has just been phenomenal. So where I stand today is just amazing. And Yes, I appreciate, you know, when I look at some of the lives I've supported um, to change habits in their lives, to make big, bold decisions, I realize that my journey is only a little kind of roller coaster. For some people, they've had huge, huge roller coasters. But fundamentally, one of the things I would say over the 20 plus years I've been in sector, from all of the experience, both personal lived experience and from all of the professional development work I've done, and I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of learning over the years. Um, I realized that self-love is one of the most important things when it comes to success. Having this self-belief, building your self-worth and knowing what you stand for is such an important part of creating success. So after six years of successful self-employment, um, children I'm very, very incredibly proud of, a husband who can kind of pick and choose the work that he wants to do. I can stand here today and say that I've never loved myself more than I have. And all right, I'm not sure I can say 100%, but it's around 98%. I can see the influence and impact that I have on people's lives. Am I happy all the time? 
Blimey, no, who wants to? It's exhausting being happy all the time. But what I can say is that I'm content, I'm successful, and I'm immensely proud of who I am today. And one of the best things that I want to be able to share with you guys in the Gloriously Messing Me podcast is to really show how I'm making a living from creating safe and inclusive spaces and helping people thrive. And I just find that so amazing that people pay me, people pay me for these 20 plus years of expertise and experience to help them build this self-trust, to help them rediscover their brilliance and to help them make big, bold decisions that lead to incredible action that is courageous and helps them build success in their own lives, but on their terms. So I really, really, really am grateful for you joining me on this journey. Um, I am in the process of recording the first six episodes, and I can just tell you we've got some incredible topics coming up. We'll be talking about goal plans and why your vision board hasn't come to fruition. We'll be talking about the power of positive thinking. We'll be talking about these kind of science and evidence-based um, approaches that I've not only implemented with myself or the people that I've worked with, but I really want to share with, with yourselves. So if you are ready for big, bold action, courageous and creative changes and ready to create success on your terms not what I think not what your your friends think not what your partner thinks not what the guru online thinks but what you think then please keep listening in don't forget to subscribe don't forget to tell your friends if you think they'll be interested in it and thank you so much for listening <laughs>